Oh my god, fucking turn it off. You're also ugly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably better I do this new audio, but you know. Boneless Christians, to another spellbinding edition of Misery Point Radio. Appreciate you digging your way out of the grave and dragging those frozen bones through the silent night to join me here in the wasteland. As always, I am both honored and humbled that you continue to choke down the master's tool and subject yourself to the endless propaganda that spews forth from the ministry of lies represented by this show. And I have faith that even though death walks behind you, All is right in the universe. After all, why waste time yearning for another life when you can be satanic as hell on this one, am I right? Of course I'm right, but you already knew that. Today's guests hold a special place in what's left of my withered little heart, perfecting the fine art of raw, aggressive thrash metal combined with over-the-top humor and shockingly offensive lyrics. This legendary Seattle-area band absolutely bent over the bastions of good taste with their 1986 debut album, Blessed is the Black, and continued to horrify the commercial masses with two more albums before sneaking away into the shadows and calling it quits in the mid-90s. I'm, of course, talking about the one and only Coven, although they've now added the 6669 suffix to the name due to reasons and things. I was fortunate enough to get to chat with founding member Dean Babbitt, as well as vocalist Jamie Carter and new guitarist Steve Campbell, with an oh-so-quick drop-in from bassist Eric Close about the band's return, as well as some amazing stories from the golden era. Additionally, the band dropped a surprising exclusive announcement regarding plans for new material and Eric's new line of hair care products. Worth noting that drummer Neil Babbitt was lurking in the shadows and subliminally coaching the band members on how to answer questions so as not to anger the gods. You want to hear about their time spent with fellow shock rockers, the mentors? You ever wonder why the band had to change their name? Maybe you've got a burning itch in your nether regions and the only cure is hearing awesome stories about grown men fucking nuns. Either way, I got you covered. So whip out that iron dick, prepare yourself for the succubus, and get ready to rock this church with the ghost of Ted Bundy. Check it! All right, everybody, welcome back. I am here, of course, uh, live in the Seattle area talking to none other than the legendary Coven 6669, Dean Babbitt, Steve Campbell, Jamie Carter. Guys, thank you for hanging out today. This is super epic. I've been wanting to have you guys on for a long time, so glad that we're uh, making this happen today. And sorry, I'm interrupting your practice. (laughs) (laughs) No problem, man. This is the jam room. There's a couple guitars back there. One or two. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I want to share a little bit of history with you. So back in the day, in the uh, early 90s, I myself uh, considered myself somewhat of a musician, and I was playing in a death metal band. And the highlight of our career was opening for Coven <laughs> at uh, Cafe Zoo in Bremerton, Washington. This must have been about, uh, I don't know, 92, 93, something like that. And uh, I did kind of have a super fucking nerdy fanboy moment because I was really looking forward to hearing Iron Dick live and uh, McDonald Land Massacre live. And uh, you guys made that happen. And it was just such an awesome show. And uh, I don't know if you even remember that venue, but what I thought was funny was when we first started playing there, um, we were one of the first acts to come through there. And uh, at that time, uh, the band was called Griswold. 
that I was playing in. And the owner, uh, Tommy, but who, she went by mom. She said, I have two rules. Uh, rule number one, no fuck you songs. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, we play death metal, so you probably can't understand us anyway. Right. And then um, rule number two was no Satan songs. Oh. So I was like, okay, well, again, I play death metal. But again, you can't understand us. However, here comes Coven playing the <laughs> Cafe Zoo. And so uh, I remember just thinking, I don't know what's going to happen here. And uh, I mean, she never hung out for the shows anyway. So, you know, uh, I'm sure. But uh, that was fun. And there was plenty of fuck yous and plenty of Satan that day. So, um, yeah, I just. Uh, you can fun. understand that one pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Fun. That was then when we had Russ Stefanovich on guitar, right? And that then, was. Uh, this other guy that we called Garth on vocals that actually, you know, that was at the. The dying moments of Coven, right? That was the final stages. And, you know, final we came out. Jamie actually came to see us when we had that guy singing, and he was. I saw him at the off ramp. He was disgusted because the guy had all these lyric sheets. He didn't have anything memorized, even, you know? So, <laughs> cool, but. And that's now, the thing. Today, I would be disgusted. Yeah, I mean, Jamie showed up at our first he rehearsal, knew, you know, all Day the after words. Christmas 2011. All the words to every song, man. He just nailed it. And if he wouldn't have, we would have never done this again. You know, I mean, he just, he's really the reason that we were able to come back and do this because he knew all the material, you know? Well, that's actually a great segue because um, just to kind of back it up a little bit for history's sake for the listeners. So, um, you know, Boneless Christian came out, what was it, 93 or so? So right around yeah. that time. And it's really funny because, you know, the the opening song, Satanic as Hell, really kind of talks about basically nobody fucking wants us here anyway and Thrash is dead and blah, 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 right? right and right. that was literally right around the time that pretty much the end of the Seattle metal scene came about because, as we all know, the other Seattle scene really kind of right. took the world by storm. Flipsed everything. Yeah, and so <laughs> it wasn't long after that that, you know, Coven just kind of slipped into the darkness, if you will. Uh, I don't know, out there fucking a nun somewhere, I guess. But um, <laughs> then, so did 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 the band officially like break up, or did you guys? Because there was kind of little bits and pieces here and there over the years, and it wasn't until like 2011, 2012 that you guys really kind of came back, uh, as you were saying, and, and things started kind of being revitalized. But uh, during that interim time frame i mean was there officially no coven or was it just kind of put to sleep for a while it was i think there was officially no coven yeah i mean everybody there was no interest from the band members i ended up getting even before yeah oldest christian yeah yeah because they they they, they cut the record label called them back yeah yeah we said do another album and asked us to do an album and, and paul and i just kind of went well we'll do what we can because i you know, my brother, he didn't play drums on that album. Right. With guy that was interested in playing drums. And yeah, so, Jay only did about half the vocals. Yeah. You know, yeah, so. he just wasn't, nobody was really that interested. And we didn't even finish the album. We got it to a point and we said, eh, we're not interested. And, you know, it got mixed. We weren't even there during the mix down. I mean, it was just like, ah, whatever. And the record label just wanted to put it out. So it is what it is. But it came out okay considering, you know. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the conversation I had um, with uh, with Colin 
and Tony, um, you right. know, we were talking about the shore and right. how that was kind of more or less an unfinished project as well. And, and it was just I, like, eh, uh, fucking release it. And, you know, there it is. And I always kind of wondered about that because it was like on uh, on Boneless Christian, the vocals were, you know, kind of split up. Right. It was like yeah. half uh, half Paul and half Jay. And right. uh, it was kind of a kind of a weird thing. But the album in and of itself musically was was quite good. Um, so. But yeah, that was a that was a strange time um, for sure. And so uh, while we're on the topic, though, speaking of Colin and speaking of uh, Painfield, uh, yeah. Steve, you just uh, came on board here recently. So uh, now there is this massively incestuous Seattle metal band relationship that everybody has where it's like six degrees of Dean and six degrees of Colin. But uh, so tell us tell us how you came into the fold. Uh, well, it's kind of, I mean, it's a short story, but <laughs> about five years ago, I met, um, Colin, you know, Painfield Colin wasn't, he's not the original drummer. Yeah. So we kind of tooled around with, with, you know, some, some bits and pieces and guys kind of come and went. And, uh, so Dean and Colin are still great buddies and yeah. still jam together and hang so, out. So know. basically here, here's what happened. The other guitar player, Stefan decided he didn't want to do it anymore and i had seen steve play and i went fuck this guy can do it you know because there's a couple of problems with this type of music at our age <laughs> people don't want to play songs that say fucking a nun or iron dick and these kind of things the seems, right and you have to be able to play and not like our music's incredible or anything but it's a lot of fast picking and you have to have the correct style to be able to palm mute and pick at that speed you know sure, yeah so and be able to play tight. So I knew, you know, I'd seen Steve play. I thought this guy could do it. And man, he stepped in. We've only we're only like three or four rehearsals into it, and we can we can do it. You know, we're playing the Washington Death Fest this weekend in Kelso, Washington. It's yeah, want to come see us play? I uh, that's funny you mentioned that because I just had Vera Terrace on the show a few oh, weeks yeah. back, and those guys are fucking tearing it up. Um, a lot of death metal. Yeah, it's 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 pretty killer. And uh, so, Jamie, you and Eric now had played in bands together, um, and you guys came on board right around the same time when Coven was kind of getting revitalized, right? Man, you did your homework. Yeah, Eric and I have been playing together in bands literally since about 1990. Uh, we moved down here together from Fairbanks, Alaska, where we played up there. Uh, quick note, our band Skellum opened for Ozzy on No More Tours. When he came to Fairbanks, it was probably the 4,000 people, probably still the biggest show I ever did in 92. But <laughs> yeah, Eric and I moved down here together and uh, always big fans of Coven, even back in the day before we moved here. And uh, yeah, now, now, now we get to play with the band and we came on about the same time for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, you guys did uh, Nukebox Zero as well, right? Or is that still a thing? Yeah, it's still we're still trying to make it a thing. It's kind of a, some original thrash that we want to play, but uh, yeah, we we we've been in many bands over the years, uh, but none so popular as Coven. It's been it's been a great time. Yeah, the Under Bishop is still guys. playing with these guys too. So <laughs> <laughs> he's still playing. He's a great player, man. I mean, uh, definitely uh, we we're pretty bummed when he left, but you know, he's been doing it what ten years now, eleven years almost. So you know. Sure. Yeah, that's uh it's just kind of crazy how how everybody moves in those circles. Um and I mean, it's 
it's kind of cool though when you when you go back and you look at the history and you just kind of see all of the all of the relationships and all the bands and i mean i'm a i've been here in, in the i'm in kitsap county i'm so i'm across the water um in port orchard but uh you oh, know when i, I in charleston what's the you want to play the chuck we we want to play at the chuck yeah, yeah. Uh, well, bring your shoes that uh, have uh, soles that won't stick to the floor. Uh, <laughs> that's what the Chuck is known for. But, uh, you know, when I think of Seattle metal, you know, I think of, of course, Forced Entry and I think of Coven and I think of The Accused and Panic and Bitter End. Um, and so like and all of you guys have basically played in bands together. I mean, <laughs> over the course of this time frame. So it's really cool to see you guys still out there doing stuff. Yeah, I met Tony Benjamins, you know, when we were in first grade. And, wow. and we hung out, you know. I mean, we started playing guitar together in sixth grade. You know, it was he, the big He favorite. told me he told me that you guys bought a guitar together. Right. Uh, it was Yeah, he got it. I just watched that interview, man. He got it wrong though. It was a Univox guitar. Oh, but it, it wasn't well, a Lyle. <laughs> yeah, it was a Univox, but it's the same thing. It's just like that one that was hanging on Colin's wall. Yeah. It was that kind of, you know, there's one right back there, actually, that one on the far right, like a 335 style. Oh, love it. That's uh, that's so awesome. Um, yeah, man, it's 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 great that you guys are back and you're doing things. And you mentioned Death Fest, which we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, I wanted to ask you about this live stream you did. Was it last year? Kind of mid mid covid. And. I was like, okay, this was bizarre because I was super pumped up for it, right? And then I was like, where's the rest of it? Something happened. It got split up into two pieces or something. Uh, yeah, and thank God, because the second piece, <laughs> there were some serious problems. Yeah, we are having some issues playing. and We hadn't yeah. practiced in a long time, you know. It was a wild It was a day. really weird night. But it was we, cool. It was a really cool place. It was a cool thing. We were yeah. having an off night. But, you know, I mean, there's definitely a moment songs that came out great, but we had a problem with fucking the nun, which we never have a problem. It was a weird thing. We played man. that at every show. Yeah. For one song. Well, and, I don't know. It was an off night, but it was fun. It was cool. But there was no crowd, right? It was just you in the studio. No, that's the other weird thing. No crowd. Yeah, no, it was kind of funny because, you know, it was, you know, a cool we, place. we fucked up that song so bad. And they go, hey, don't worry. We'll just edit that yeah. one out. And I but even then, emailed them. I said, make sure when you play the second part, you edit that out. They're like, no problem. He was like, we got you. And then I sat there on the computer <laughs> and the horror it. unfolded. And I was like, oh my God, they didn't edit it out. <laughs> Probably only like oh, 17 well. people were watching. It's though. candid. <laughs> you know, fuck up. Some people said they liked it though. I mean, yeah. well, I liked it. I just, uh, I was like, I remember watching it and then it was over. And I was like, where the fuck is the rest of it? And, uh, and then I, I, I messaged Eric, uh, and I was like, Hey dude, uh, uh, what's going on? And he's like, I, I think it's going to come back later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely a cool thing they did there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there was a lot of bands that were doing the, uh, the kind of the, the, the stream, um, as a way to bridge the gap between not being able to have live shows and just trying to, trying to keep the audience engaged. And I think, with COVID and you guys kind of really the activity starting to ramp back up with the band. I'm sure it was just like fucking seriously. Now we got to put it all back on hold again. Um, so I, I think that was, that was a cool way. Best gigs booked uh, right when COVID hit, we had three nights in LA 
literally. And uh, we were going to play like San Luis Obispo and L.A. proper and San Diego. And I took the three gigs and I like uh, I worked out a centerpiece for where we should stay. And it was an Airbnb right in the middle of Compton. And we were going to have the best time. But um, those got canceled. We were booked to play in Victoria, in uh, Vancouver, B.C. when it all hit. I mean, yeah, it'll happen again, though. We, we, we had to cancel some really great gigs when uh, COVID came down. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And I, I look at it now, too, with basically the Seattle metal scene really facing a uh, a big resurgence, if you will. If that's the right word. Yeah. 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 Cobra just got picked up on the Voivod tour. Year of the Cobra is a Seattle band that is signed, and Voivod picked them up on their tour. Uh, a band called Solicitor is out yeah, playing festivals. Oxygen Destroyer is playing all over the country. They're a Seattle death metal band. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah, I think that's that's awesome, and uh, I'm I'm curious then to see. And I, I know Steve, you're you're new to this particular project, but you know clearly you're familiar with uh, the scene and everything going on in there. How are you guys approaching kind of these newer times? I mean, you're playing older material, but you've got a lot of fans that are from the old school as well who want to hear all the crazy lyrics and all the over the top shit. Um, even though you know the second album really was kind of toned down a little bit in terms of content, and you came back super fucking hard with boneless christian <laughs> as if to say ah we're back and we're really we don't give a fuck what you think about this but are you guys uh how are you approaching you know the new shows and stuff like that we really want to get on some festivals uh we played the nydm spring bash in 2017 three, three, it, it was 18 uh and that was great and, you know, yeah. we tried to get on full terror assault uh that didn't work out but uh, we, we, I've been trying to get us on some different festivals and things like that, but you know, and we're also, uh, one thing that a lot of them tell you is that you need new material. So later this year, we want to do about, you know, a five or six song, uh, effort. We have some, uh, material. Some of it is, so what we want to do and what I'm thinking is we're going to mix it up. Some of them are really old coven songs that were never done. Like blessed is the black era material. Some of them are pain field songs, not pain field, pain emporium songs, <laughs> which, is, Neil, which is what yeah. Neil did after Coven. And then there's even a song or two that Eric and I might have wrote, um, newer songs that we're going to put together a new release. And that, that is my goal for the band. And I'm going to state it right here on the interview because <laughs> it's been it's been a struggle. You know, we've literally been back together for almost 10 years. Off and on, there was a year or two where we didn't play at all, but we really focused on playing live, and uh, and we really want to get in there and do a new recording. And we have to call it Coven Six Six Sixty Nine. There's a couple reasons. It's not really because of people within our family. It's because of the Coven band, uh, the Goth band um, that was around in the '60s. Right. Um, it also kind of helps distinguish us from the original coven in a way um, we're, we're, we're almost like a, 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 a step sibling or a half brother, <laughs> you know, to the original band, especially when we step out and do new stuff that may not have Jay Clark singing or Paul hash as the, as the composer. So we want to be respectful of the original band and also still put out some new material 
to help us move forward and maybe book on some of these festivals or even the crews, you know, try to get on 70,000 tons of metal, things like that. Fuck, man. That's so space, epic. Yeah, it's not yeah. easy, you know, but I see bands that I've never heard of or bands that were, you know, maybe the same kind of level as Coven back in the day, you know, it just kind of depends on, you know, your circle and, and, and what you're doing now. So Yeah, and we, we love to play live, man. It's my favorite thing to do. You probably know I'm in a bunch of other bands, you know, tribute bands and that kind of stuff, you know. And I play plenty of live shows with that, but this is just so much more fun, you know. Yeah. People are way more into it. I'm uh, I'm glad you brought up uh, the new material thing because that was definitely on my radar uh, to ask you. So confirmed here right now, the thought process is that you are going to do new material at some time and it's actively being developed. Yeah, we spent a lot of time trying to do the, you know, we're recording our own garage and we had this track here and uh, I'm going to email you that, that lead track and everybody <laughs> the hard drive. And now I'm like, look, man, let's just go to a studio. We have the money. We'll pay a producer and we'll get it recorded and get it all ready for Duke. And uh, really, we're going to try to put out something by early next year. Holy crap. That's going to be killer. Well, because, I mean, for a short time, when Paul rejoined for a very short time, I mean, we had a couple of, well, we, how many? Basically, we had the one fourth Coven album. Yeah, stuff yeah we had wrote. a bunch of stuff written that Paul wrote. That was, I mean, it was great, but it just didn't work out. We just cannot get along, man. It sucks because he still writes great shit. We had, he has some, his ideas of, you know, for song lyrics are just amazing still, you know. I mean, yeah. a song called I Drove the Nails about, you know, the guy that drove the nails into Christ. He didn't get enough credit, you know. <laughs> nobody knows that guy. Nobody What's knows his that. name? Yeah, nobody knows who that guy is. Uh, he needs a biography. He needs his own movie, like a musical. It could be a musical yeah. and you right. could do the soundtrack. It'd be like Jesus Christ Superstar, but for the nailer. Put out something, you know, but we had a song called Church Burner. I mean, there's just, you know. They were basic songs, and it's just a bummer it didn't work out. But yeah, we're gonna you know come up with some more stuff. And do you uh, anticipate it lyrically being over the top ridiculousness? Uh, what do you think about uh, cream pie in the crematorium? <laughs> so what you're saying is it's going to be family friendly, ba <laughs> baby shark level stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's that's awesome. Um I'm also glad you brought up the the name thing. I was curious if uh the reasoning behind it. Obviously, we know there's a millions of other bands and of course the band from the 60s it was kind of the psychedelic rock one was the one that was the most known, but was there anything officially brought up like any kind of a cease and desist or was this just kind of a thing that you said, "Eh, why don't we just kind of move in that direction organically?" or did somebody basically force you to do it? Yeah, we got a cease and desist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because, you know, when we started this band, there was no internet or anything, so we didn't even know right. of that, you know? So it was kind of, uh, you know, all of a sudden, they knew about us, and they, you know, when we became active again, because they were inactive for 20 or 30 years, and they started playing just recently again. I mean, Jinx Dawson has to be in her 70s or something now, I would think. I mean, they came out, when did that first album come out? In late 60s? Late 60-something. Yeah, that would be old. She's got to be like got that old Black Sabbath. They gonna be too. as old we as Ozzy or something, that. right? I mean, she's still out there playing, and which is great, you know. I mean, they hate us. Yeah. What? 
you guys could get together and do a fucking super group. It'd be, like, be, it'd be like we are the world. If somebody shows up at one of our shows and thinks that we're the yeah, yeah. they're disappointed. Yeah, no way. like this is the wrong company. <laughs> And, and I've noticed there's also uh, over the last few years probably another dozen or so bands that have the name Coven in it. So, uh, right. it so, was a Chicago Doom band called Coven Thirteen yeah. or something like Mind that. Yeah, so we have to. Yeah, whatever. Nobody's yeah. got. So you guys have just called yourself like something cool, like Toxic Holocaust. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the greatest band name in history. So. Well, speaking of history, we're going to take a quick break and force feed you all a bit of history from 1993. But don't go anywhere, because when we come back, we're going to hear all about what the future holds for the band and the sneaky shit that they've got planned for us all. In the meantime, because I know we've got you all hot and bothered with all this sexy talk, here's a classic danceable love ballad courtesy of Coven 6669 with the romantically sweet title known as Fucking a Nun. Go get you some. So here we are in a week or so, right? Uh, speaking of busy schedules, you you kind of already touched on it, but Washington Death Fest. Um, number one, I'm super excited that there even is a Washington Death uh-huh. Fest because 
you know, as, as we talked about, metal was kind of gone away for a while, and, and now it's back. And uh, Steve, this is going to be your first show with Coven, right? That's right. How you feeling about that? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I like being on stage, like Dean said. That's the best part of this whole thing. But, you know, just, I'm jumping in the fire, man. Yeah, it's going to be going great. for it, so. <laughs> How long have you had to prep? Uh, did, uh, you know, has this been kind of in the works for a while, or did you just just join and just find out? And you're like, holy fuck, I got to learn all these songs. Well, I, I think the it's been a month, maybe January or February. It's, it, it's been a couple months, but it started oh, off man. with me and Dean getting together and doing like two songs a week. And then I think this is probably our fourth uh, full band rehearsal. Yeah, ten <laughs> songs. We're gonna do ten songs. No encore. Don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> you get well you get to do a 10 song set that's pretty awesome because normally at fests i mean bands are playing 20 minutes you know so uh you get uh, 10 songs you're getting what 40 50 minutes or more i mean we're playing minutes. last we're there's, playing last we're playing last there's been some cancellations so there's about eight or nine bands per day oh okay which so is now like, you all oh, have three yeah. hour sets more relaxed you know yeah you might have to fill in with some neil diamond covers if uh <laughs> if you guys run out of a t- <laughs> and we, you know, uh, Dean has like four Neil Diamond bands. So, I mean, it's yeah, Neil Diamond. We got some Bob Seger. We got some bad company. Yeah. Hey, so when I saw Fever 103s, uh, because my good buddy, Steve, uh, I went to see Eric? that on the, on the debut thing. Were yeah. you in that, in that, uh, Bob Seger yeah. band in main street? Was that you too? Yeah. I'm in that band, but, uh, yeah, I was uh, actually originally I was going to play guitar for Fever 103, but I'm just way too busy, you know. Yeah, they don't want to talk to him. It, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> he ran. I scared him already. Yeah, right. No, he went to get Eric, but. Oh, that's funny. Eric, Eric's busy. All right. Hey, it's all good. We don't want to talk about cover bands. We're talking about cover <laughs> Coven yeah. cover bands. I, I want to go on record as saying I fucking hate tribute bands that don't play in cover bands. <laughs> I think cover bands are bullshit, especially if the band is still together and touring. Uh, Just door, man. What's up, Eric? How's it going? <laughs> Good, not dead yet. They keep trying. Yeah, I'm right. just uh, sitting here getting fat. That's uh, that's how we do it these days. So you guys are uh, you getting ready to be high, right? Sexy, sexy as always. So you guys are uh, getting ready to rock the Death Fest. Uh, I'm excited about that. I know that you do lots of stuff, but plenty of the metal as well. So uh, how are you feeling about the Death Fest coming up? Good, really good. Yeah. You know, I'm going to experiment with some backing vocals, which I, oh, yeah. You know, I usually don't see. Hey, what? Stefan was a backup vocal guy. <laughs> yeah, I think he's, didn't you get a new hair conditioner? I did. <laughs> hair conditioner it's uh <laughs> it's silky and smooth. silky and smooth are you gonna do the uh any of the tamariah style nut grabbing falsetto screams in the background that's what i want to know do it right in the middle of everything that jamie's saying <laughs> really kind of add, add a little spice to it you know <laughs> i love that that's awesome i think uh, he's using lyric sheets to put yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> That eye, so it's gonna be a big chart. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I it's uh now I was talking um to Jamie earlier about you guys just kind of in your history and, and how you guys kind of came on board at the same time and, and pretty much how everybody there is just uh one member of an of another band that you guys all are associated with. So pretty cool to see that uh now it's kind of coming full circle and you know uh your brother's back going at it 
And uh, so, and you got to, you know, Steve jamming with you as well. So I think this lineup seems super solid. How are you guys feeling? You feel tight and cohesive? Definitely. Yeah, yeah it sounded great. It is sounded great. Uh, Steve has, I mean, his guitar tone really meshes well with mine, I think. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you notice that, man? When you come in the picture, it gets wider. <laughs> That's cool. yeah, and then we've also booked some other shows to make sure we, we booked like uh, guys, we booked the valley in tacoma which is about the size of this room yes <laughs> and we're gonna also open for violence at mm. elcor zone june friday june 10th friday night that's uh that's awesome. When when they announced that there was going to be a new violence record, um, I had was set up to go to North Carolina because they were going to do a one off with Outlier, and uh, I was set up with Sean to sit down, and then that whole thing took a big shit, and then they rescheduled it, and then that took a big shit, and then they rescheduled it again, and then that took a big shit. Yeah. So is this like a, a rescheduled show for you guys as well? If I recall, yeah. there was supposed to be one last year. We were going to open in September last year and uh, they had to cancel because uh, Killian got COVID. Yeah. Well, that was dumb. <laughs> All right. Hurry back. <laughs> See ya. You don't have to come back. It's okay. <laughs> You're fired. Um, so, yeah, no, that's awesome. Violence. Uh, I mean, talking about legendary bands from back in the day. And, you know, Sean Killian has one of those voices that you either love it or you hate it. And I've always been kind of in the violence camp. So uh, so how did that come to even be? Was that something that you guys kind of reached out to or did it just, you know, the cosmos landed uh, favorably on you one day and you just got the call? We're lined up good with the people who run that place and they under, they know we draw. So they, they, they invite us to the right shows. I had actually uh, sent them an email earlier that I was like, Hey, what about that municipal waste show? They didn't even answer because they knew violence was coming back, you know. Yeah. I mean, we've got cool shows with uh, Death Angel. Um, yeah. We're open for Fate's Warning, Fate's Destruction. Um, we played with uh, Flotsam and Jetsam twice. Right. Really, my wife's favorite band. So if I can open for Flotsam, I'm in the house. So <laughs> I had uh, Mike uh, Gilbert on the show. Um, back uh, last year, and he said, "Next time we talk, it's going to be on seventy thousand tons." So now the pressure is on to get Coven and Flotsam on yeah. seventy thousand because then, because then I need a press invite or a crew invite. Um, just uh, just so you know, I mean that's it's just got to happen. It's, you know, no pressure or anything like that. Coven seventy thousand. Yes. Oh man. We're not Six 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 seventy thousand. Yeah, actually, uh, I think it was eighty nine. We were on tour in in Phoenix. This was the lineup. It was uh, Testament, Sacred Rite, yeah. Violence, and we were touring with the Mentors. And you guys make it. And we didn't make it in time. We were late by show. like ten minutes. See, Paul Just and I were in a van, and we got there in time a couple ah, hours early, but our bus broke down. With the mentors on it, so a we likely get, story. Yeah, we get there and the mentors get to play, and we didn't. So we <laughs> had oh. we had cases of you know blesses the black, and we were handing those out. That's good. And uh, uh, yeah, so anyway, it was. I mean, that was a great show to see. We still got to still got to see the show. So 
we're going through your purse. Yep. <laughs> we had to live with those guys for weeks. That was the only tour they ever really did. Oh my God. Funny story about the mentors. I remember, uh, was it Il Duce? I think he was on like one of those talk shows, uh, Jenny Jones or something. And, and there was, it was terrible. I mean, it was like the most offensive thing ever. And it was just like, they were talking about victims of rape or something. And then they had like these guys come on there and, this For girl was pouring yeah. out her heart, and then he goes, I thought you looked familiar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God, dude. I, I mean, I expected it, but then when it actually happened, I was like, I I, I have to look away. I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed of myself for watching this. Uh, I lived at my – it was back when I lived at my mom's house, right? He lived at my house for, like – a week and it was horrible i mean he's a great guy he's funny imagine he's imagine, imagine dealing with that dude and you know one other time so we recorded that album you know uh slave to thy master his solo album yeah that was a uh, me paul a guy really named John Ma- yeah what him and he stayed at my house for a week and actually no at that time he stayed at his parents live live around here and he could either stay at his parents' house if he stopped drinking, or he could sleep under a bridge. Yeah. And he chose to sleep under a bridge every night. Yeah. Yeah. Who was what he does? You, <laughs> but let, you let that guy near your mom? He was <laughs> He was entertaining, that's for sure. I mean, he was like a polite, nice dude when he wasn't drunk. It was crazy. I remember when we were on tour, he'd wake up in the morning and go, What a beautiful day. Yeah. You know, and then, you know. It's a double rainbow all the way across yeah, the sky. That was him. That's hilarious. <laughs> Talk about a band that just intentionally just wanted everybody to fuck off. Um, yeah. You know, right. that's that's crazy. I had no idea you guys had history with them. Big oh, history. Yeah, a yeah. lot. <laughs> <laughs> he says with a sigh. <laughs> it was the word. They should have been on tour with, like, you know, Anthrax. Well, the, dude, there's or a lot somebody, of Sacred Reich, or some thrash band, but they were on tour with the, the mentors. There's a lot of memories there that are pretty crazy for sure. Well, anyway. what what would have capped that off then is if you could have had like Gigi Allen on the bill, and then right. that would have just been like the who can piss people off the most. They, there'd be like bananas going up asses and people yep. getting shit on stage and. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you just freaked Jamie out. He's like, "I gotta get out of here because." <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a crazy couple of weeks there with the mentors, and it was, uh, yeah. At the time, it wasn't fun, <laughs> but you know, that's what actually Paul and I took. I had this old '67 Dodge van, and we drove that on that tour. But we got split up a few times, and you know, nobody had cell phones. So once you were once you lost the bus. You were lost and you're going, fuck, I hope they make the gig. And that's what happened at the Testament show. We got there and we had no idea where the bus was. And the promoter just kept saying, if they're not here by this time, you guys aren't playing. And we're like, fuck, you know. Oh, man. That's they did not make it. But like I said, it was a great show. And there were some other cool shows on that tour. But it was mostly not cool, you know. <laughs> on your first tour back in the 80s, you know, if you were nobody, you really pretty much weren't even getting paid. Or you had to get that, you know, hundred bucks, which went a lot further back then, to get to the next gig. When you have a bus, you know, we had right. a we had an international forty foot school bus, which you know didn't get the best mileage, but <laughs> gas was a buck a gallon back then. So sure. So you guys were uh, financing your own transportation. Um, yeah. 
can I fill up my gas tank with drink tickets? Because that's really how most of us got paid. I remember getting paid uh, in drink tickets at a bar. In fact, at the uh, East Side Tavern before it was a Manette Saloon. And I think I was 16 at the time. And we were like, yeah, we're minors. And they're like, we don't care. Here's your drink tickets. Have all the beer you want. We're like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> they're not in business anymore. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's crazy. So, uh Getting back, I guess, to the modern times, uh, you know, no, no, no shows planned with the mentors, but uh, you know, maybe, maybe we sticky... played with them in about <laughs> yeah. four years ago. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we did actually. The only guy, the only original member, well, there was Sicky Wife Beater. He was there. That was on the original tour with us. And then uh, what's the Doctor Heathen Scum? Yeah, is the uh, <laughs> he's the bass player, but he wasn't on the tour when we went. Yeah, it was just it was El Duce and. Actually, no, he's he was the original bass player, but he was gone by that time oh, when we did the yeah. tour. It was at the backstage yeah. in Tacoma. Yeah, yeah like and I was sixteen or something. And I remember talking to Sicky. He didn't even know who I was at first. And then I started <laughs> reminding him, Hey, remember this show? And he's like, What the fuck, man? And then the, that tour, you know. Maybe he didn't recognize you from the front. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, boom boom. Oh, so man. oh man. That's great, though. So shows coming up in Tacoma, shows coming up in Seattle. I yeah. noticed you guys finally got with the times and put together a fucking Instagram account. Um, you know, social media being the uh, amazing thing that it is. Um, are you on streaming services yet? You have like Spotify and iTunes and whatnot. Uh, oh, man, that's the thing. The guy that owns our the rights to our album now, you know, we've discussed it a Don't few times. Later. Well, no, he's going to do it. <laughs> We got it going, man. He said it's, it's going to happen. So yeah, yeah, I, we haven't really been on that too much, you know. But that'd be cool if it would happen, you know. We've never had any of our stuff on any streaming services, so I don't even know what it takes to get it on there. But yeah, our uh, the guy that owns the rights says he's going to get it done. So hopefully it'll happen sometime. I don't even recall. Have there been like reissues of the albums? Because uh, they're still going for a pretty penny, and it seems so. They did a reissue of Boneless, and I have like three of those left. That that one's almost done. And there was a a, a, a weird reissue of Blessed that was done by the original uh, label guy, uh, Dave Fortnow. Uh, but it wasn't like the original. You know, the, the thing is, is that the bootlegs have gotten so good between Russian and South American bootlegs. Uh, you can get it made for like five. There you go. You get it made for like five bucks a CD. That, that you can't tell the difference. So well, Jamie was at uh, Full Terror Assault. Yeah, tell him that story. And the CD guy there pulled me aside. He's like, I heard you guys were coming, so I didn't put him out there. But he's like, I sell out of these fucking South American Blessed is the Black bootlegs at every festival. And he gets them for five bucks a piece, and he gave me the contact. But we're trying to work with the label. We want to do a reissue of Blessed. And uh, we would really like to be on streaming services. Uh, we're trying to work on that. Too. You know, and I'm looking at this album again. Uh, this is an original one. Um, these haircuts, man. It's sexy. How did you get that? that I've album? had this for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, Paul's got a little hairspray there. Maybe we all do. I have a, yeah. I never thought of myself as having a mullet. Coven was somebody just as influenced by Motley Crue and Rat as they were by Metallica and Slayer. So you hold, gotta know that. Hold that thing up. Let's see. Can we see the picture? <laughs> all right. Look at that. There's look me with my leather jacket. 
and uh, the porn stashes are in full effect. Oh yes, right. Uh, yeah, dude, that's qu- that's quite the uh, helmet you got going on there. You could knock some walls down with that. We got a great picture of Steve with some with his porn stash too, so he fits right in. <laughs> yeah, that could be on there. Yeah, yeah you told me that's what Neil said when he saw that picture. He goes, "Dude." You guys have the same hairstylist. <laughs> you guys need to uh, do like the whole uh, Steel Panther thing and show up to one of your shows with some le- leopard print spandex and oh, get some be- wigs and stuff like that. It would just be so awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. So, uh, well, I'm glad that everything seems to be uh, going well. You guys clearly are in good spirits and you're excited, which is awesome. And uh, I'm a I'm a, a big fan from back in the day, so I'm I'm personally excited for for this to happen. The prospect of new music I think is epic, and the prospect of you going out and doing some pretty awesome shows I think is just uh, well deserved. And I, I think it's really what the scene needs. Is there anything else that we need to uh, promote? Any other secret projects you got kind of coming down the road here? Just that we're willing and able to play any of these uh, festivals going on around the country. Um, I've been trying to do it myself. Maybe we need an agent. I don't know. I'd love to get some advice from people, you know, about how to get on more of these festivals and uh, and play out. You know, we we want to be we want to be a part of it. Yeah. Are we gonna see you Saturday night? You know, Saturday is going to be tough for me to make it out, but, uh, you know, maybe in June, uh, oh, if, if I, if the cards play right, uh, definitely wanted to, to get down there to death fest, but, uh, I just can't make it happen this year. But if, you know, next year, uh, if it you happens can crash again, my hotel on the floor, man, it's all good. What's that? <laughs> you can crash on my hotel on the floor. Nice. Amazing. I've stayed in some pl- pretty, uh, pretty roachy places. So I'm sure yours is better than most. Uh, and plus I've been to El Corazon, so, you know, it can't be worse than that place. <laughs> so, uh, well, awesome guys. I know you got practice to get back to, so I'm going to let you get back to it, but thank you for taking the time to hang out here on Misery Point Radio and Ew. keep us posted. And, uh, Dean, send me some clips of this epic practice. Uh, oh, yeah. I expect no less than, uh, more sound studio quality, um, you know, fully mixed and mastered and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, <laughs> awesome. Uh, <laughs> Dean, Steve, Jamie, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And, uh, Coven forever, man. Thank you, man. All right, guys, have a good night. Well, if your minds aren't blown, then there is definitely something wrong with you. How about that announcement of new material and a possible new album in the not so distant future? I don't know about you, but I'm going to have to go squeeze one out now. Who am I kidding? I did that during the break. Anywho, make sure you follow Coven6669 on the Book of Faces and on the Instagrams for all the show announcements, current happenings, and some killer merch. Go see him Saturday, April 23rd at Washington Death Fest with Vera Terrace in Kelso, Washington, and with Violence on June 10th at El Corazon in Seattle. Piles of awesomeness. Gonna leave you now with one more classic tune going all the way back to 1986 and their debut album. Here's the title track, Blessed is the Black. KFMP, out!